0: Welcome to episode 221 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life, formerly the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. This month, I am doing special episodes every week where I'm inviting expert physician coaches, some of my best friends in the coaching community, to come and talk about how they're approaching the new year, how to make 2023, amazing. How to go beyond just setting resolutions or arguing with yourself about whether you should set resolutions and how to actually create real change in your life that makes your life better. So this is so much beyond, I just want to lose 20 pounds this year. Yeah, if you want to do that, great. But how do you want to do it in that? Like, what do you want that to do in your life? And what do you want the experience of that to be like? And that's why I wanted to do these sessions. I did similar sessions last year. So you know what, if you're loving these ones, go back in the archives of the podcast, check out the January episodes from 2022, because they will still be amazing. And what I love about recording these episodes is every time you get a couple of physician coaches in a room, they build off each other and you get such interesting conversations and viewpoints that I think are going to be really helpful for you. So today I have Dr. Sonia Wright and Dr. Nora Vasquez joining me. Dr. Sonia Wright is a physician who coaches other physicians and midlife women on sex and sexual intimacy. Dr. Nora Vasquez coaches physicians on burnout. So interesting combination. I feel like when I'm introducing these, I should be like cracking some sort of joke, like a sex coach and a burnout coach walk into a bar (laughs) type jokes. Anyways, we had a fantastic conversation and I really hope you enjoy it. Before we get going, I want to make sure that you have checked out the Thriving as a Physician Facebook group. So if you are a physician and you love this podcast, that is a perfect place to go where you get more interaction with me. You get some extra tips, extra Facebook lives beyond what I can offer on the podcast. I have some fun stuff planned coming up in the coming year inside that group. So make sure you go over there and request access. That is at facebook.com forward slash thriving as a physician. I'll put that link in the show notes too. All right, let's get to the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Nora and Sonia. I'm so excited to have you guys. It's a Thursday night. I think it's going to be fun. I was joking before we started recording that I should have brought down a glass of wine so we could be chatting over wine, but we're going to have some fun. So can you guys introduce yourself? Nora, why don't you go first?
1: Sure. My name is Dr. Nora Vasquez. I'm an internist and a burnout coach for physicians and healthcare professionals. And I'm just really delighted and thrilled to be here. I love thinking about the new year and setting our intentions and happy to share any pearls of wisdom. Awesome. Sonia, can you introduce yourself?
2: Here, I am Dr. Sonia Wright. I am a pediatric radiologist. I'm also a master certified life coach and a sex coach. And I'm looking forward to this discussion and sharing any pearls of wisdom that I have about the new year, about sex, about life in general. Let's do this. I love the
0: intersection that we have going on here of like burnout and sex. Because. <laughs> <laughs> They're so related. I'm I'm so curious of what's going to come up. But uh, so you, why don't you start on how do you approach the new year? What things are important to you, either personally or when you're working with coaching clients for thinking about the new year or setting goals?
2: Yeah, so... I do it based on each individual client, right? I'm not going to sit there and say, it's the new year, so we're going to have a goal and you're going to go for it. That might not resonate with them. So I ask them what it is that they want. So I'm I'm asking your listeners, what is it that you would like? Do you want Are you a type of person that likes the goals, likes to list out your goals and go for it? Or are you a type of person that wants like to relax? Maybe you are dealing with burnout. Maybe you are dealing with sexual intimacy. And maybe there's a lot of pressure at work in a lot of areas of your life. So then it becomes, how do you want to approach the new year for myself? I think it changes every year. Like last year, I was really focused on creating the life intentionally that I wanted. I remember talking to you about that and really focusing on finding joy and creating the life that I want to live now, not waiting because as physicians, we have a tendency to wait, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to wait for residency to be done, for our fellowship to be done, for med school. Like there's so much waiting. And then we get to like our 30s and 40s and we're still waiting for something to happen instead of realizing. Like now is the time that we get to decide that we can give ourselves permission to create the life that we want. So that was my focus personally last year. This year, my focus is a lot on discipline, and there's things mm-hmm. that I want to accomplish. That sounds interesting coming from a sex coach. <laughs> <laughs> that was really for So many different interpretations of discipline. <laughs> and I love all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, so definitely discipline in terms of the goals that I want to accomplish, how I want to show up in this world. So I recognize that depending on what's going on in an individual's life, then that might determine what their interests may be or may not be at the time around resolutions and goals and things like that. So really, I just ask you, where are you at this point in time? Where would you like to put the focus on? And, and then I'm there to help them in whatever it is that they'd like.
0: Awesome. I have a question for you because I think like as a coach, I suspect your thoughts about discipline and how you're going to apply that to yourself in your life is probably quite different from the average person when they're like, I need more discipline around my eating or around getting my notes done or cleaning my house or whatever it is. How do you use discipline or how are you planning on using it in a way where it helps you and it feels good
2: while still letting you accomplish the stuff that you're wanting to accomplish? Yeah, I think the key is that it feels good, right? Because you can, and we have like flogged ourselves in a lot of different <laughs> ways like to get through medical school and residency whatever it is. But for me, like I'm having to have that shift. I've spent many years of my life wanting, like being so disciplined in my occupation that I wanted freedom. But now I'm realizing that they're not mutually exclusive and that discipline leads to freedom. So in my mind, I've kind of made that shift where I'm like, Discipline leads to my freedom so that I can actually do what I need. Discipline of mind is very key for me, which is like standing guard at the door of your mind, like for negative thoughts and things that are going to pull you away from what you want your goals to be. And then just having discipline in your life where you don't have to make a thousand decisions in a day, right? You know that you're going to get up and exercise or you're going to get up and then you're going to work on your goals list in the morning. Like I am working on getting that discipline down on a daily basis so that I I just automatically do that. So when my free time comes then I can devote my energy and space to that time, as opposed to making a thousand decisions by the middle of the day, I'm exhausted in decision-making and then just sit there with Candy Crush or something. Right? So this is just <laughs> how I see discipline as actually a good thing, my friend.
0: Yeah, I like that view of it. Like discipline, using discipline to create freedom. Yes.
2: I yes. think it's a fantastic way to think so about it. Of course, I have to add in because I'm a sex coach and I can't <laughs> not. It, It's the same thing with sex, right? If we're talking about discipline and BDSM and things like that, there's a freedom around sexuality that comes on when we're focused in that area. And so it, it's kind of like you let yourself go and you can be and do whatever it is that you want because you're in a safe container and that discipline gives you that safe container.
0: Way to bring it back. <laughs> it's <a great> analogy. <laughs> I
1: love that Nora how about you how do you approach the new year you know it's so fascinating you know I was just kind of reflecting on that question and you know before I came to coaching and thought work right I was kind of always looked at the new year as like oh we just set our resolutions and then we we try and attempt and then we fail and then we're just like you know that's it. But since becoming a coach, like I'm so much more intentional now about not really setting resolutions, but just being intentional about creating the life that I want and giving myself grace and knowing that I'm going to fail sometimes. And that's okay, right? Like we set our intention. And I was thinking about what brought me to to this work in the first place. And for me, it was burnout. It was a sign, you know, I was having like feeling very disillusioned in my job, feeling just very like like I had no choice, like I was stuck. And that's a very hopeless kind of feeling when you feel like you have no options, right? And And in my situation, I just kind of felt like I was called for more. But in that position, in that organization, I wasn't able to really express my full potential there. And that felt very very disempowering to kind of feel like I was trapped. And I think many of us have these stories, right? That we're trapped. We don't have options because maybe we're the primary breadwinner. We're supposed to, or we have loans and we have to fulfill our commitments, right? But since coming to this thought work and just really kind of finding these empowerment tools, I learned about this concept of like, what if your, your life was like a book, a novel, right? And they, each, each, you know, within each book, there are chapters, right? And so like chapter one, you know, when I came to the realization that I was burned out, I didn't even know what burnout was, right? But when I came to the realization that I was burnout, okay, that chapter was burnout. And then once I learned these empowerment, you know, skills of coaching and, and just really opening up my mind, my next chapter was like, oh my gosh, I have agency. I actually have choice. I've always had it. I just didn't know it, right? And then the next chapter, you know, which was last year was like living a life of abundance and a life of yes, yes to what I wanted and what I desired and that my wellness mattered, right? And so as I'm coming into this year, you know, it's really like, I think my word might be intentional, just really creating, setting forth my intentions and having the grace to know that, yeah, there's gonna be highs and lows and I'm not always gonna meet those goals but i'm still intentional in that pursuit of that. and so mm-hmm. i just kind of like that analogy of of like having that time and space to kind of think about think about what is your intention for this year? and you can have several, but at least have a few of intentions that you're going to pursue.
0: yeah, i love the idea of like intention or things you want to create versus like resolution, which is kind of more things i have to stop doing. what do you think because a lot of physicians listening to this podcast are probably experiencing burnout right now. Mm -hmm. Where do you think a burnt out physician might get tripped up when they're approaching the new years? What are the pitfalls that
1: burnout might kind of lead them to? That's such a big, deep question. (laughs) There's so many, right? And everybody's unique. But what I see, I guess, a lot of my clients experience with burnout, I think number one is choice, agency. I think for so many of us, we kind of feel like we're stuck and we're trapped. And I think when you're able to kind of start to open up to this thought work and just recognize like, what if I do have agency? You know, maybe start to question yourself. Like, what if I do have choice here? What if I could prioritize my my wellness, my well-being, you know, what really matters to me and do more of that? And what if it's possible to not, to set aside the guilt, to set aside disillusion for a minute and and consider possibilities. But to be honest, when you're in burnout, it's really hard to see that for yourself. So that's why it's always helpful to work with somebody to kind of borrow their belief while you're coming through that, that episode. And then and then once you kind of gain your footing, then you can be more open to like fun and all the things that, you know, Sonia likes to talk about <laughs> 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 the adventure of a lifetime, right? Of just like pursuing all the things that, that bring you more joy, right? Finding joy in medicine again, joy in your life, joy in your relationships, like that is all available to you. It's taking that first step and believing that things can be different and things can be better and mm-hmm. holding on to that hope.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I just finished a coaching call with one of my groups and one of the physicians and it was saying this year she's focusing on joy. And one of the ways that she's worked on that is when she's on call, she's questioning her beliefs of what she can and can't do on call. Mm -hmm. So like, I think, you know, used to just not kind of do anything like a lot of us like I'm on call, I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. And she's working on like, can I do things that bring me joy and still answer calls at the same time which I think is like a really fun fun way of looking at something that a lot of us as physicians dread if we if we're involved in something that involves call.
1: Yeah, 100% like I, charting. Like everybody hates charting. Like who loves charting, right? But like how can you, you know, bring more joy to that? So like what I would do is I would bring my favorite coffee to work and like play my favorite music. And like, you know, if I was at home and I had to, you know, catch up on things, I would light my favorite candle. Like if I'm going to have to do this, I want to make it as joyful of an experience, as pleasurable of an experience as I can, you know? And why not, you know? Yeah. Pleasure. Fantastic word to (laughs) transition. Sonia,
0: what comes
2: up for you? (laughs) Well, actually the same thing. I mean, I teach a lot on pleasure, but I find that... Women and physicians in general don't allow themselves, don't give themselves permission for pleasure. So when people think, oh, a sex coach talking about pleasure, we're going to be talking about clitoral stimulation or whatever. No, I'm talking about the basic general pleasure in life, giving yourself permission for that, because that has to be there first, just like Nora's talking about. Like we don't just go straight into the intimacy sad. of things. Some people can, but it's almost like there's like a void of pleasure enjoy it, other aspects of our life. And so to be, allow people to give themselves permission to enjoy that candle, to enjoy that bath, to enjoy walking in nature, to enjoy whatever it is that gets their senses going and calms them down, relaxes them and gets them to a place where they tap into that beauty, that joy that's within them. And then kind of Once they get used to this concept of joy and pleasure, kind of shifting it over to the sexual side of things and proceeding and talking about that and allowing themselves to have more pleasure in that area.
0: Interestingly, when I was choosing my words for the year, pleasure is one of my words. Because when I look back at last year, I'm like, I think it's something that was missing. I think there's a few different things where I got just focused on like, I got to get this done, doing this. And a lot of the stuff was things I love to do. But I was like, you know what? I want more pleasure in all its versions this year. And I want it to be a priority, not, I think what a lot of us do as physicians is end of the day, if there's some of you left over, then you could consider possibly doing something that you would enjoy or that would bring you pleasure. But
2: often that turns out to just be Netflix because you're so exhausted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With physicians, we have the day job and sometimes the night, weekend, afternoon job. And then we're, we're usually not just a physician, right? Then we're, we could be a mom, parent, like taking care of older, like. Adults or our parents or something like that. There's more that we're doing. So it's, it doesn't even like transition into, okay, we're working and now we're off and we can tap into pleasure. Now it transitioned into our second or our third job. And so we start delaying that gratification and that pleasure. And then we go like weeks and months and then we're like, we have a life that's supposed to be joyful and pleasurable because it looks like it from the outside, but we're in it and we're not feeling that joy and pleasure. And that's where like, we get into Nora's area of the burnouts, right? And when burnout shows up in relationships and intimacy, it looks similar to the way it does in just life in general. It's a disconnection, disconnection from ourselves, disconnection from other people in our lives as well.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, that lack of pleasure in our lives also shows up in my area of expertise, where if you're not giving yourself pleasure in other forms, your brain will seek it from food. Yes. Because food is an easy form and the reality is it does give you pleasure. Like in the moment, if you eat something that has sugar, you get pleasure and dopamine from the sugar. And so if we're not actively creating it in our lives, that's where some of these habits that we get so frustrated at ourselves about, like eating, alcohol, shopping, all of them are actually creating pleasure and enjoyment for us that we're not otherwise getting.
2: Yeah. And those are like automatic things that we go to automatically as opposed to being intentional. And spending the time doing something else that's more quality, that's like better in terms of the pleasure and such that we'd have. But the quick fixes are there with the Netflix or the donut and things like that. And so that's where we could get that quick hit of dopamine very quickly. And when you're tired and exhausted, that's what you think of doing as opposed to, okay, I have to be intentional. I have to light that candle. I have to make that bath or, or whatever it is that we're going to do.
0: Yeah, in one of the first episode of these interviews that I recorded, Fariel Michaud, she said, often the eating is like the first loving act we've done for ourselves in the day. And Mm -hmm. I really liked that. I liked that concept of, and I've been actually using it since we did that interview of like, what loving thing could I do for myself? And trying to proceed like through the year with that kind of, My pleasure, my enjoyment in my life and giving myself these loving acts, I think is like a really, really, it feels like a really nice overarching goal for everything that I do in my life.
1: Yeah, I love that. And, you know, and, and part of being that intentional, a lot of times what I share with my clients is oftentimes we have to schedule this, like it just doesn't happen, right? We actually you know, a lot of times in burnout, we feel so disconnected with ourselves because we're not living in alignment with our values. We're not living in alignment with, with what really matters to us, right? Like, you know, work takes over our schedule and then whatever's left over goes to the things that truly matter to us. And And so I really help them like, recognize that you actually like have to plan date night. Like I plan my massages every 2 weeks. We plan our date nights, you know, even if it's just once a month if 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 I'm that busy, you know, but it gets on the schedule. And when you do that, then you start to feel like, oh, you know, like I'm I'm more connected with my loved ones, I'm more connected with myself. Spa day, those things like those things aren't selfish. They're they're essential. Like self-care is really essential and, and it's one of the most loving things you can do for yourself and i think when it, when you're able to do that for yourself then you can like give that to others right your cup is more filled so that way you can help bring that joy to others and show up in the way that you really want to but but yeah it's so important to like put it on your calendar
2: <laughs> yeah it's so fun cuz i love that too cuz i talk about that with sexual intimacy coaching right to put it on the calendar. And I do talk about the sexual self-care as well. Like your body, if you get out of the rhythm of enjoying sex and engaging in it, you kind of have to get your body back into the rhythm. You have to reintroduce pleasure and sexual intimacy with yourself first and with your partner if you have a partner as well. And so like putting it on the calendar and then the self-care part of it, Gets to be masturbation too, or self pleasure, right? So we get to incorporate that as well and realign with ourselves, reconnect with ourselves, give ourselves that pleasure, and uh, which helps us sleep better, reduces stress. You know, it's, it doesn't have all the caloric intake of a donut. <laughs> like, it actually does something that's helpful for an extended period of time. And then once you get your body used to that stimulation and used to, oh right, I forgot how much I really enjoy this process. Then you get to connect with others around that, and even. Even if it's not sexually connecting, there's like an energy that flows through you and to the rest of the world when you're attached and tapped into your sexuality as well. That kind of that joy that goes out and just kind of permeates and just makes you want to connect with people just in general.
0: Uh, so bringing it back to the like New Year's, one common thing that people do, I think, kind of as a mistake or something we've been taught to do in the New Year's process is to look back and judge themselves on what they did not accomplish, right? Like seeing the, the lack, not the, the things that actually went well. And I'd be curious just in each of your own areas of expertise, how you see that showing up for people where they might be judging themselves without even knowing that it's, it's judging. Because it's often it just sounds like it's the fact. <laughs> this is just the way, way it is and the things I didn't do. But Nora, do you want to go first on that one?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, this year I had to, you know, in, in reflecting back on like what I've accomplished this year, I had to actually write my CV. I hadn't written it for like, gosh, updated it for like three years, right? And that exercise of actually sitting down, writing out your your resume or your CV, and like all the things that you've done, all the things that you've accomplished, like conferences that I've spoken at, all those kinds of things, helped me reflect and kind of look back intentionally over over the things that I actually did accomplish. Because a lot of times we get to the end of the year and we're just like, oh, just another year passed and no big deal. But that exercise of actually being intentional, writing down, you know, what trips did we go on as a family? What trips, you know, what conferences, what, you know, lives that I touch? You know, friendships, new friendships that I formed that I didn't have otherwise, places I've been. Like that is such a good exercise to go through. And it reminds me of the book, The Gap, versus the gain. I don't know. The author, I can't remember the author off the top of my head, but super popular book, but he also talks about how a lot of times we're so we have that negativity bias where we always look at what where we fall short and we rarely take the time to look back and see like how much we have learned and grown and evolved over the year. And I think that's just a really good way to to like come to the end of the year and give yourself credit for for all the challenges that you overcame for all the, you know, the intentions that you put forth and see, okay, what did you actually learn and and grow, right? Because our failures are part of our success too. So that's just a really kind of fun exercise that, you know, you can you can try and just update your your resume or or sit down and look at, you know, as a family, what did you, what did you all accomplish? What did you learn? You know, what were some milestones and celebrate those?
0: Yeah, I love that. You listed a bunch of stuff that I didn't actually think about this year when I was doing my own
2: reflection. Love it. Sonia, how about you? Oh, I think that when we're talking about reflection and we're focusing on sexual intimacy and coaching, very often women will come to me because I coach women, right? I actually coach couples as well too, but mainly uh, the women will come to me first and they're Saying either something's wrong, something's broken, they're not having sex like they used to, they're not interested in it. It's very coming from like the negative perspective, just like Nora's talking about, where we're focused on what is not there. And so for me, working with my clients in the new year, instead of going back as to what was not there, what was there as well is an important thing. And I always focus on. Sexual intimacy is built on a foundation of intimacy overall and a foundation of communication. If the communication is there and the intimacy is there, it's not that hard to restore the sexual intimacy. And so focusing on like the positive side is the intimacy, is the connection, is the touch still there? And then also having a broader definition of sexual intimacy. For us in this society, we think about it as penetrative sex and I don't want to be in a heteronormative type of thing, but we have this concept of what's considered sex and what isn't. And anything else like touching and cuddling and things like that, which are so integral, so important to this, all of this work, we kind of push to the side so we don't actually see all the beautiful things that we still have in our relationships and that we have in terms of intimacy to build upon that sexual intimacy. So part of it is helping people have a creative, like a broader idea of what sexual intimacy and overall intimacy looks like. And then also... Focus on what was the positive did you keep the communication going because communication is key definitely is that the touch there is this your best friend? Is this a person you love to like just hang out with and relax right those type of things are very important and everything else if if I have somebody that's coming to me and they are in a what we consider a sexless marriage, like having sex less than ten times a year, you're at risk for a sexless marriage or you some people consider that already a sexless relationship. If there's no connection and communication and intimacy, you can't stand your partner, the odds of coming back from that are not necessarily the best, right? But if we can look and see where this is like your best friend and you have the intimacy, you have the connection, you have the communication, then everything else can be restored. And in either case... We still don't have to focus on the negative. The question is, what would you like to do now? The past is the past. We're not going to focus on that and beat ourselves up. This is the present and this is your opportunity for whatever it is that you'd like to create in your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, like, again, relating back to the weight stuff, like New Year's brings a lot of shame for a lot of people about like the weight I did not lose and the food that I ate. And I would imagine for women in particular, not necessarily New Year's specific, but in general, when they're like reflecting on how they're doing in their sexual intimacy, there's often a decent amount of shame. And I'm thinking of like libido mismatch situations and things like that where they feel they're not performing at the level they quote unquote should be. I'm just curious on your kind of take on that of the, the shame piece of it.
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think anytime society has a standard or how things should go like you see it in terms of there's a standard in terms of what a woman's shape and body size should be and if we don't necessarily match that then we're coming from a place of shame and feeling like we're being critiqued or evaluated by the world it's the same thing under sexual intimacy we have like society says that if you look in romance novels if you look in tv shows or whatever they have sex within two or three minutes, like from beginning to end, right? So there's this, and if pornography now is playing a bigger role in people's lives and informing people not necessarily correctly as to how sexual intimacy should go, right? So there's this norm and these, these standards of how it should be. And if you don't fit into that standard, then you're coming with a lot of shame. If you're not able to like have your libido kick in in an instant and, you know, really ha- want to have sex and have it done in three minutes and we society says that there's something Wrong. 70% of women come from this responsive libido side where they're coming from a place of neutral neutrality. Like they might be interested in that or they might go do the dishes, right? So if society says that in two seconds, you should be able to get it all together and you should be ready for sex right then and there. And always compare you in your 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond with maybe how you're functioning sexually when you're in your 20s, (laughs) you know, so then it does bring on a lot of shame and it does bring on a lot of evaluating ourselves and criticizing ourselves. So it really comes to this place where we normalize whatever is going on in your life and just say, hey, and society has a concept, but this concept is not a concept that works very well for the majority of people. And so when we get down to it, and if you want your sexual intimacy to be in there in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100, then it has to look a different way because your life is changing, your body is changing. So if we can get away from the shame and look and see what's happening right now, and then think towards what we want now and into the future, that's a lot of the work that I do is to help people release the shame and recognize that they're just normal and fine where they are. And then they get to have the power to create what they want in their future. Love it.
0: Imagine like if all, for those of you listening, if all you did this year was just like focused on releasing shame in the places where it shows up, like the power it would have
1: over your your life for the year, it'd be huge. Nora, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just love the idea of connection. And Sonia, you were talking about, you know, having connection with your partner. And I think, you know, as we come into this new year, how about we reestablish connection with ourselves, right? What do we desire? What do we want, you know, as we go through the new year and set our intentions and, And I think, you know, once you can kind of spend some time, because a lot of times we don't, we don't give ourselves time to be with ourselves. And over those last few weeks, I've been being mindful about like in the morning instead of, you know, I still kind of go scroll on Facebook, but I'm starting to shut it down quicker now because I want to go for a walk or I want to, you know, go, you know, get my kids up and ready for school. And so, you know, developing that relationship and creating some time for prayer or for, you know, just reading something that that i put on my schedule intentionally, that's creating a relationship with myself and saying, you know what, my priorities matter, you know, more than the dishes, more than the charts right now. (laughs) And and so I love that idea of connection, connection with yourself and then connection with others. But it starts with you first, right? Because then if you're connected to yourself and you have more peace on your mind and, and your heart's just a little bit more clear. Not so frazzled.
0: (laughs) Imagine if we took like all the energy we put into people pleasing and making sure other people around us are happy and taken care of. And we put like a fraction of that into ourselves to people please ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's the one person we actually can please. It's the only person in our life we can please. But like, imagine that, like with that idea of building the relationship, almost like dating yourself and- being like, I'm going to put energy into pleasing this person in front of me and making sure she's happy.
1: I think it'd be amazing. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. Like we, like who does that? We we hardly ever do that. Like nobody tells you that you can do that. Like to give yourself, like you said, permission to like have that relationship with yourself and like, well, what what would I like today? What would I like to do? What would I love to do? I love that.
2: Yeah. I often talk about your best lover is your first lover, which is yourself, right? And that having that connection with yourself is the most important thing that's going to define all other aspects and other, all other relationships in your life. And you get to have that relationship and that connection with yourself and to be there for yourself. Love it. Any
0: last kind of tips or nuggets that you guys want to leave people with?
1: Yeah, just what Sonia just said, you know, reminded me of, of having your own back through this year. I think that's super important. You know, a lot of times, you know, like we just finished 2022 and, and we sometimes look back and say, what didn't I accomplish? Right. And so we start to beat ourselves up and start to be super critical and judgmental. But as we start this new year fresh, like how amazing would it be to have your own back through all of it? And, and just decide that you're just going to have your back. You're not going to make yourself wrong. You're just going to learn to to allow, you know, life to happen, and then you get to happen. You get to be purposeful in in you know the intentional thoughts that you create and the energy that you bring to every interaction. And and that you get do overs, and that's okay. And you can have grace, and you can have love and joy, and in the midst of of stress and chaos and like being open to it all and still have your back and say, you know what, I'm going to get up another day and I'm going to try it again and I'm going to keep learning and growing and evolving. Cause I really think that's, that's what we're here on earth to do is to grow and evolve and become the, become the people that we want to be, you know, that fulfill our full potential, whatever that means to every individual.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. And just, That concept of like the amount of time and energy that we use judging ourselves and trying to make ourselves be other than we are or criticizing ourselves. If we just come from a place of neutrality and come from a place where like we are okay, like where we are is just fine, that energy that we've used beating ourselves up, (laughs) we could actually use to create the life with intention that we actually want in this world. And so that's what a lot of my work is, is just recognizing it's okay wherever you are. And then you get the choice if you want something different, but Mm -hmm. from a loving perspective. And as Nora says, having your own back.
0: I love all of that. I think it's fantastic. Sonia, can you tell people where they can find you if they want to learn more about what you do?
2: Yeah, the easiest place to find me is on my website, soniarightmd.com. That's easiest place to find me.
1: And Nora, how, how about you? Where can people find you? Yeah, uh, my name is Nora Vasquez, MD. My website where you can find me is www.renewyourmindmd.com. So, renewyourmindmd.com. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me tonight, guys. It was super fun. And I think we covered some really good tips for people. Love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. All right. So much important things in there. You know, I find it interesting because burnout and sex, you might look at it and be like, you know, those have nothing to do with weight loss. Why are you talking about it on a weight loss podcast? But they do because everything to do with your life as a physician, everything that makes your life better or makes your life worse will impact your eating. It will impact your weight loss goals. And that's why we can't just talk about a diet. We can't just be like, just stop eating this and you'll be fine. We have to talk about you as a whole individual. And burnout, real big issue for a lot of you right now, really important area to work on and manage before you really start working on weight loss. It's hard to lose weight when you're completely burnt out. I say that from personal experience. And then sex is such an important part of life, uh, whether you're with a partner or not. And it gets impacted when you've struggled with weight over your life. And so I think it's so important to talk about it. So I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. Make sure you check out their websites and their information that they shared at the end of the interview. And like I said at the beginning, make sure that you are a member of the Thriving as a Physician Facebook group. That's facebook.com forward slash thriving as a physician. We'll talk to you soon. See you next week.